Anne-Marie Band joins us here uh, to take a look at it. She's the CEO. She's the Chief Market Strategist at TheTradingBook.com. Anne-Marie, it's great to have you with us this Friday morning. Thanks for sharing a part of yours with us. I wanted to talk about some of the selling first as it seems to be a bit of a sell first and ask questions later mentality. We still have yet to hear from the WHO. Yes, and you've pegged it once again. That is, people are just a little bit nervous. Yeah. And being nervous is just... Um, Something that happens when the market goes up and up and up, it's sort mm -hmm. of a psychology event. The better things are, the more you're waiting for them to crash. <laughs> and that's just sort of a, a thing that happens to investors as markets rise. They get very, very concerned about continuing. So they are pulling off. The real thing for us to watch is what really is driving the move. Now, we can look all the way back to March of 2020, February of 2020, when things were really collapsing and then all of a sudden we had a sharp spike. So this, I believe, is one of those temporary shock events and it really is still just a couple of percents. You showed a really good picture of where the Russell is. It's dropped out, but now it's falling back into a very tight range. Um, those sorts of things we really have to look at in terms of how far have we been running and are we just coming back in to test natural support because liquidity is still going to keep the markets on the rise. I like that. And in terms of a good point there, coming off these all-time highs, investors are a little bit on edge. And we spoke to that point earlier in the week. And over the last couple of weeks, we've raised that uh, point here. And then I'm starting to wonder, I mean, ultimately, you've got thin holiday trade as well. That always seems to kind of... Uh, well, um, kind of shake magnify yeah, and shake things up a little bit. I mean, we have thinly traded markets here. You see uh, moves. It's not uncommon to see this kind of thing. I, I reminded our viewers as we headed out on Wednesday of the Dubai debacle, I always call it, the day that we came back from uh, Friday after Thanksgiving and there was concerns related to Dubai uh, defaulting on their loans and the market took a huge hit. But ultimately, these have proved to be buying opportunities on the long yes. haul. And they will continue to be that way okay. until the Fed really ends up tightening the screws. Right now, the market is really, if we flip to the side of, all right, what's happening with money? And we, we look at the two-year, the 10-year, the 30-year, the the two-year is not really responding as sharply as the 10-year is. We take a look at weekly charts. And so this sort of uh, movement where, you know, yields look like they're going to rise, it's traders and investors actually getting themselves in front of what they believe a potential mm -hmm. move is because the market is a forward pricing mechanism. And so this is just what we're all thinking that's going to happen and people are positioning. But if you'll go back to February of 2020, when everything got really crazy, we all expected rates to go completely negative. I heard people talking about negative 3%, negative 5%. That never transpired. And now we're sitting at the end of the space. Really, we're sitting in the same space that we thought rates might end up being in 2019, uh, the, the middle of 2019. That's where the 10-year is looking like it's sitting compared to the others. So again, this the big move as what's going to happen next. Is this a place where I hunker down, start buying some puts, and think about the market collapsing? Absolutely not. It is in a space where people are very jittery. Things are going to get done. We're going to lock down in certain places. They're already doing that. They're pulling back on what they think is going to happen, 
And so they're tightening the screws a little bit. People are getting a little nervous, pulling things back and then saying, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. It's going to settle down. We still have money. And the money supply and the speed of money is still fast. And so it's going to rocket down because of algorithmic trading, because of nervous Nellies, whoever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we just need to step aside, watch for these uh, markets to stabilize in spaces, and then figure out what's going on here. There aren't any giant collapses that look like they have no space for rebound at this point. These are just jitters. I like that, a level-headed approach towards some selling that we're seeing in a thin trade. And you mentioned all of this very speculative in terms of what we've seen, but yet rates very much in a range. We were just looking at the bonds and the 10-year where they stand relative to the 50-day moving average. The bonds here, if we could just pull this up because they're parked on it for the most part. So again, kind of a level-headed approach from the longer end of the curve. Here you can see, just a quick look, the TNX still within this range, 1.76. And again, even with these COVID concerns, I guess the fears of, as you called it, tightening the screws, that might even come off the table. I mean, maybe we'd be talking about what the Fed can do to help be uh, stimulate the economy if this COVID uh, starts to get out of control here again. And again, uh, how the indices are still holding near these all-time highs with rates in a range. It's been very supportive. This is a chart I show a lot. You mentioned the speculative environment. And, you know, I like the reminder that we've been seeing lockdowns already. So uh, travel restrictions this week aren't necessarily anything new. We were already hearing about it headed into the holiday season in terms of Europe. I mean, there was a lot going on in terms of Austria and Germany, for example. What does this all mean for commodities, Anne-Marie? Because I know you watch them very closely. We've watched uh, crude oil take a hit here today. Uh, grains are a concern here, I guess, in many ways in terms of some of the demand narrative. I mean, what are you going to be watching uh, in that area? Well, this is a, if we take a look at oil first and see that um, it is coming off of these movements. I think oil is moving this morning in terms of that COVID space, but there is a lot of bullish pressure under oil. We've been talking about it all year, essentially, in terms of saying every deep dip is going to be a buying opportunity for oil because of climate constraints that they're putting on this space. And frankly, if we just look around our desk, whether it's uh, a petroleum product or some derivative of plastic, there, it's going to be very hard to get off of what we are pulling out of the ground here. And so these deep pullbacks here associated with travel needs and that sort of thing, going to be buying opportunities in the end because OPEC, Russia, they're watching all of this very clearly and they are going to tighten that tap if they absolutely need to. So my suspicion is, again, another pullback that might give us a nice buying opportunity, maybe around that 70, 71 area that we were talking about earlier in the year. As far as the grains go, this is the most interesting space to watch. Commitment of traders in terms of speculators versus um, the ones who are going to actually take uh, delivery of the product, they've all been drifting downward while some of these have been moving upward, particularly wheat. Wheat is just absolutely exploding to the north. Take a look at how much fertilizer inputs are costing right now. Even as the dollar rises, they are all thinking, a lot of these traders in the commitment of trader spaces, they're thinking that the dollar is going to have this drifting downward pressure on the grains and wheat definitely not one of them. My thought is inputs also a very big factor of what's going on there. 
um, need to watch it. These pullbacks that we see, because again, we're looking at financial assets because mm -hmm. these are really paper assets mm -hmm. that we stare at when we look at the futures. Somebody's going to have to eventually take that product to um, take delivery of the product. But in these jittery markets, as the price pulls back because somebody says, holy cow, I got to make good on this investment, so I need to close what's going on here in wheat, we're going to have a little bit of a pullback. It's going to be a buying opportunity. And I think that is the same across the board for soy, oats, corn, rice, those sorts of big things where we have to have because we need to eat. I mean, we, we have COVID, but everybody's still having babies. So uh, <laughs> that's something to talk about. These tangible uh, commodities that you're speaking to real quick, looking at wheat here right now in the daily time frame, just to point to corn relative to the 50-day moving average, back up above it uh, again this fall. So it kind of been teetering around that 540, 550 area. Here you can see how beans are well, back above it as of last week, it looks like, and holding above that 50-day moving average. But yeah, your point here, wheat was the real star of the show here in terms of uh, these three majors. So something to keep an eye on here, though, and we'll watch commodities as they respond to the news, the COVID, and ultimately, Anne-Marie, uh, a great breakdown. Appreciate you joining us here this Friday morning to help us Measure. take a look at what's going on as the, uh, well, uh, our viewers wake up to the news and the ripple effect we're seeing in markets. Anne-Marie Band. CEO, the Chief Market Strategist at the TradingBook.com.